Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Mr. Gadgets, uh, fresh back from the Ohio Linux Fest. And I think probably this will end up uh, probably getting published, give or take, in a couple of weeks uh, from the time that I am recording this here on October, I'm sorry, October, September the 12th in the year of our Lord 2011. And it'll probably be a couple of weeks if I'm reading the calendar right, unless Ken has something more important, in which case he will bump me and my meanderings and uh, put on something uh, that he has that looks better to me in the queue. And, but most of the topics I'm, I, I'm coming up with here are, are not topical to a specific time, but more long-range, and you can play them probably about any time. As I mentioned, I got to get to uh, Ohio Linux Fest this year and had a great time. Met, uh, I think, pretty much there may have been one person I didn't know was there that I didn't hook up with that I knew across the Internet, the podcaster type or somebody that I connected with on the Internet that I uh, didn't get to meet in real life, but uh, got to, to meet pretty much everybody that I knew was going to be there, met some new people that I, I'm going to stay in touch with and, and uh, all that kind of stuff, and, and had a great time. And, of course, as you might imagine, there was a lot of uh, Android there, in addition to uh, just people carrying around netbooks and laptops with uh, Linux installed, as it was a Linux fest, right? Uh, the interesting thing about it was I, I saw that there were several people that were carrying around iPads uh, and using those as their devices of choice. Uh, lots and lots of Androids. I'm sure that amongst this group of people, although I did see the occasional iPhone, uh, that's what I carried in my pocket, but uh, uh, that was probably a heavily oriented towards the Android crowd. If you were to look at this crowd, you would, of course, think that Android, you know, uh, had 99% of the market share or some somewhere in the probably, you know, high 80s to 90s range of the market share of phones out there. And, of course, when you add up all of the Android phones and put them all together, uh, Android has surpassed um, the uh, iOS platform in terms of the number of phones that are out there right now. Uh, and that was mentioned several times in several different talks that I heard uh, over the, you know, the, the different talks that I heard while I was out there. But I want to entitle today's uh, episode as, why Android tablets suck, okay? One of the advantages of podcasts is you don't have to worry about what it was, the seven dirty words or the nine dirty words, whatever it was that George Carlin said that you couldn't say on radio, at least when he started in radio. So, uh, and I had a series. Now, I did see quite a few Android tablets, most of them in the 10-inch range, uh, not my personal preference, which is the 7-inch tablet. I have fallen in love with the 7-inch tablet form factor. It is small enough to take with you relatively easily uh, and uh, have with you more often than the 10-inch tablet. Uh, in fact, I even have a nifty belt clip uh, kind of a pouch that I purchased at a local uh, science-oriented store, which I may talk about in the future, that is uh, just the right size for a 7-inch tablet. And I've owned a series of 7-inch tablets and returned them, sold them off to other people after I used them. Uh, and so I, I know from which I speak in terms of I like this form factor. 
okay? Uh, as I say, much more portable, and uh, I can carry it around with me, uh, simple to slip into a bag and, and weighs less, takes up less room, but likewise, uh, especially, you know, with this little pouch, you know, I can just have it on my utility belt, right, and whip it out when I want to have a larger experience. In this particular case, Steve is wrong. Mr. Jobs is incorrect when he has been asked about the 7-inch tablet, and he says that, well, we have found that the 10-inch tablet is where you're going to get the best experience. Of course, that's the standard line, right? They're always about the experience. And, you know, a larger tablet, uh, my daughter uh, bought a uh, iPad early on uh, in its existence and has been enjoying it uh, and, uh, you know, really uh, it is a, a wonderful kind of uh, interface. Uh, as far as the iPad is concerned, you know, uh, she uh, had an iPhone at one particular point and, uh, when she was living down here, and she has since moved up to Missoula, Montana. And uh, one of the things she had to do was move to an Android phone because uh, Verizon is pretty much the only carrier to use up in that uh, area of the United States. That may be changing in the, in the you know, uh, not-too-distant future, but at least uh, as of the point when she moved up there last year, that was pretty much the only choice, and, and she switched over to the Android phone and is, is enjoying it quite a bit. I asked her, was she going to switch back to the iPhone when it became available on Verizon? And she said, no, I, I got some, you know, some accessories for it, and uh, I'm really, really kind of enjoying the phone. Uh, she is not, however, uh, a person, it's, it's mostly about the utility of the phone, and uh, if she does need any support, she just can turn to her fiancé sitting next to her on the futon and he can uh, usually suss out whatever it is that's uh, confusing her or frustrating her with the uh, with the uh, Android system uh, and all that kind of thing. Uh, and I will concede to people that uh, in the mobile space, it's what's on your phone that you have with you constantly that is really the leader in the mobile space. You know, the Android uh, success on the phones uh, is a, a good thing for the mobile space, and Tablets, at least at you know this point, are less uh, important in terms of the mobile space overall. I think over time that will probably change, but uh, it is something that is uh, you know pretty pretty evident. In fact, I've heard several people express the idea of why do we even care about a tablet? Why do I want a tablet? I would just carry a notebook and, and use that, or you know. Uh, I would, you know, have my laptop with me. Uh, anything I can't do on my phone, I would rather have a keyboard and a larger display than a tablet, or if I'm going to have a 10-inch display, I can have a netbook, and it's, you know, cheaper than a tablet. Uh, you can do more than a tablet, uh, various and sundry reasons. And for many uses, uh, you know, a full computer is indeed the proper thing to have. But one of the things about the iPad that I noticed when... Uh, it was first coming out. And the reason I mentioned my daughter is because it, uh, this, the story I was wanting to relate is she sat across the living room from me on the sofa one night, and she had been flicking things on her phone. And after she had been doing that for 15 or 20 minutes, she looked up at me and she says, you know, Dad, I want a touchscreen computer because I, I've been – 
doing things in Gmail. She had been going through her Gmail and archiving things and deleting things, and, and she was frustrated with the small screen, and she wanted the large screen. So she said, I want a touchscreen computer to be able to do this in Gmail. And I said, well, I'm not sure you really do because I didn't mention this at the time to her, but, you know, all that stuff that they did in Minority Report with, you know, moving their hands around and flicking things, that works great when you're in a small scene, but, you know, you're going to get gorilla arms here uh, from, from this whole thing. Uh, your, your arms are going to get extremely tired or extremely muscular or both uh, in terms of doing that for a long length of time. Uh, I think it's much more along the lines of a character in Alphas, which is a new series on sci-fi, and I'd recommend it if uh, you can get a hold of that from uh, whatever means. Uh, it, it's an interesting series. It's kind of along the lines of, uh, if you like heroes, you know, people with special abilities. Well, this is people with special abilities, but it's much more that they're, I don't know, somehow more human in the, their fallibility and their special abilities and stuff. So it's not a classic superheroes kind of thing. And I know in if you like heroes, there's a lot of fallibility there too. But these are, are much more kind of people that are marginalized and on the edge. You know, these are typically the people that would have been accused of being a witch uh, if they had exhibited these kinds of, uh, of mutations and abilities uh, previously. And one of the characters uh, can literally see the electromagnetic spectrum, okay? Gary is his name. And he's high-functioning autistic, uh, probably, uh, or in some way he's got lots and lots of social skills issues and really is uh, OCD. He's probably, like I say, high-functioning autistic or uh, I can't think of the other... Uh, uh, the other diagnosed, uh, you know, disease, I guess, is the, the proper term for it, but the, the other diagnosis of, of children who don't like to be touched and all those kinds of things, uh, it's, it's, it's very much that kind of a character. So he's kind of a very, you know, he, he's kind of broken, if you will, in terms of his social skills and in terms of his OCD nature and some things like that, but he has the ability to literally see cell phone signals, and, and you know, he can hack into, you know, uh, electronic systems and, and traffic cameras and things like that, but he doesn't need any equipment to do it because he can literally tap into the electronic streams and see the pictures from the camera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, this is very useful for the team of people who are trying to either find another alpha or to, you know, uh, do whatever their particular mission is at this particular time. And Gary, when he is manipulating what he's seeing in terms of the electromagnetic spectrum, just flicks his hand back and forth. So think of, instead of the minority report where you're making big gestures, right, he's just flicking on a, a giant trackpad, you know, a magic pad uh, from Apple or something like that. And he's just doing these flicking motions with his hand, which... He can do for extended periods of time without straining his muscles to a great extent. And he can, you know, do all those kinds of manipulations. Uh, and I, so I didn't go through all that with her, but I said, no, I really don't think you would because your arms would get tired if you sat there doing that for the 20 minutes you sat doing this. I think what you really want is an iPad when it comes out. 
because he'd have a bigger screen. And when we found that they had iPads when she was a uh, graduating from uh, college uh, from the University of Missouri, that was indeed uh, the graduation present, uh, and she's had that and has enjoyed it very much. And this was, as I say, before the iPad came out. And everybody kept on saying over and over about the iPad before we actually saw it and before it became the phenomenon that it is. I mean, one thing you can say, whatever else you say about Steve Jobs, okay, and you can snicker and you can say he didn't invent the tablet, that, you know, Microsoft has been doing tablets for 10 years, but trust me, folks, I owned Microsoft, you know, tablet PCs and with the pins and the Wacom pins and all this kind of stuff, and those pretty much went nowhere, okay? Whereas the iPad comes out, and whether you like this whole magical device thing or not, it is the tablet marketplace right now. It's the driving force, and everybody else is trying to catch up and not doing a very good job of it. And everybody was saying before it came out, well, as the specs came out, it says, well, it's just a giant iPod touch, right? It's just a giant iPod touch with Wi-Fi and maybe, uh, you know, a AT&T or Verizon radio there so you can get 3G signal. But it, it's just a giant iPod touch. And I kept on saying, yeah, that's what I want is a giant iPod touch. Because there's something visceral. If you've never tried a tablet, okay, there's something completely different about using a tablet to interact with an application or just to go into your web browser and sort through your Gmail, okay? It's hard to explain, but you get to touch the Internet and flick and you click and do all these things, and it's a different more personal, more intimate kind of – your connection to the Internet is just different. At least that's how I find it. And I wanted the larger screen. That's exactly what I wanted. I wanted an iPod Touch that was was bigger, right? Steve is wrong. I want a 7-inch one, though, because I want to be able to walk around with it, right? Sorry, road noise when I'm uh, veering off the road a little bit too much. So – uh, a 7-inch iPod Touch, I think there would be a market for it. But they do the 10, and everybody is chasing after the 10. So the 7-inch Android tablets are a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, they try it, and it doesn't work, and they blame it on, you know, everybody wants a 10-inch tablet. Uh, probably the most successful one is the Samsung Galaxy Tab 7-inch model. But my history with this is, Oh, gosh, two summers ago, or was it last summer? No, I guess it was last summer. There were these rumors that there was going to be a 7-inch Android tablet that was going to be sold by Kmart, and it was a company out of Florida. can't remember their name, but it was going to be a 7-inch Android tablet, and it was going to be less than $200. Uh, woo you know, I mean, this is going to be radical. It's the right price. And it's going to be a great thing. And then they couldn't manufacture enough of them to stock them in the Kmart stores. And Kmart literally had read an ad, I guess, in their national sales flyer and said they were going to have these things. And then the company couldn't get them. And it was 
a minor kerfuffle compared with, you know, Apple News and everything else that you see on the Internet. But if you follow these things, which I was following, uh, it was like it was there, and then it was gone before it even got there. And I didn't think much about it. And then it came out that they were at some stores, but, of course, this is Kmart stores, and mostly what we have around here is Sears Grand, which now they're converting all back into Kmart stores, but that's an entirely different story. For those of you who don't live in the United States, Kmart and Sears are two large retail chains, and Sears bought Kmart and uh, then converted a lot of their uh, locations that were Kmart stores into kind of little mini Sears stores, and uh, that kind of didn't work uh, on a retail level. But retail is a whole other discussion. Maybe we'll have another discussion about that in the future. So some stores apparently got them. There's a few Kmart locations still around town. I drove by one, and they said, no, we didn't get any of them. And I, I wasn't going to drive out of my way to go to the two or three Kmart stores that I know are in the Kansas City area just to try to find one of these things. So lo and behold, about a month and a half after all of this stuff happens, I am in a Kmart store for another reason, and I walk by the electronics just to see what they have, because every so often, you know, whenever I'm at the drugstore, I like to look at the electronics you can get at the typical drugstore here, because I think that's a, a pulse of where technology has gotten into our society Walmart, what can you get at Walmart anytime you want, that kind of thing. So I decided I'd go buy Kmart and see what I could see. And they had one of these things, so I bought it. Oh, my God, it is the worst piece of carp, it's an anagram, I have ever used, okay? It's just, okay, the great thing about all of the new devices is they have a capacitive screen, Okay. All your phones have a capacitive screen for, you know, flicking and and dragging and all that kind of stuff. And that's really what has made all of these graphical user interfaces really usable. Back in the day when we were using Palm devices in the heyday of Palm, uh, I probably still around the house somewhere have a Palm 3, and I used to have Sony uh, devices and uh, up until the time that Sony quit manufacturing uh, MP3 devices. I had a Sony device that used the Palm OS, and I was really into the Palm OS, but those are resistive screens. The difference is all we did is click on buttons. We didn't drag a lot of stuff, right? And dragging and dealing with the Android interface on a resistive screen will just drive you nuts. Uh, Take my word for it. Plus, it had an old, 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 version of Android. And I think I said enough old there. I think it was 1.5, which believe it or not for these cheap Chinese, you know, manufactured Android tablets that are under 200 bucks is a fairly new version of Android. Some of them are even older than that. But I think it was 1.5 or 1.6. And didn't have the marketplace. And had all kinds of things wrong with it, but it was less than 200 bucks. And I finally, since it didn't have the marketplace, went out and found ways to get uh, apps onto it by going out and searching for the apps and things like that. Now, you would think that it would be easy, right? Even though it didn't have the marketplace, 
you would think it would be easy to get apps onto this device because I should just be able to go to the site where they have actually written the app, and surely they will have not only a little QR code, you know, the little 3D uh, barcode to get you to the right spot on the marketplace, and you take the little picture, and then it takes you to the right spot, and you do what you need to. Or, wow, this is interesting. There's something going on where there's one policeman on a motorcycle who's walking on the highway, walking back to his, and another policeman who's driving slowly along behind him, and all of the traffic on the other side of the highway is backed up for at least a quarter of a mile uh, because of that. I wonder what happened there. Anyway, <clears throat> so you think... You know, you can go to the QR code, now it'll take you to the marketplace, or there's a link, right, if you want to go to the marketplace. But surely there'll just be a link there because it's just an APK. It's a little tiny. We're talking kilobytes, right, of data here for these little Android applications. And, and surely they have a direct link. So if you don't have the marketplace, you'll be able to get to their application. Now, Maybe it won't run in my 1.6 version of Android, but, you know, I can deal with that. At least I can download the APK, because that's what Androids have, like dot .apks for their extension. I can download the APK, and I can try it out and see if I like it. And guess what? Almost none of them do. And this is one reason why Android tablets suck, because most of them don't have the marketplace, Okay. Because it wasn't a, you know, it, it, the, well, for one reason or another, they don't, okay? They didn't pay the money. They didn't do whatever it is they needed to do to add the marketplace. And Google didn't recognize it as a tablet operating system. Whatever the reason, okay, they don't have the marketplace, and you can't get applications directly from the developers. Why, I don't know. But it sounds mysteriously to me... And what, where my you know, mind tends to wander here is they want to push that traffic over to the marketplace, right? Because as an Android developer, Google wants them, even if it's a free application, okay? Even if it's a free application, Google wants them to push things over to get it from the marketplace because then Google has more applications in the marketplace, it has lots of traffic in the marketplace, and it makes them sound like they're being more successful with their marketplace than they would be if they let you download the free applications directly. Now, does that sound like a free and open source and everybody's happy to go lucky and, you know, we're all going to get together and sing kumbaya kind of a world? Or does it sound like Google wanting to complete against iOS and putting rules on to the application developers that does not allow freedom of you can get that from any place that you want. Just saying. But it sucks to own a tablet pre-honeycomb. No, sorry, gingerbread, let's say. So it was only gingerbread where the first tablets became available and they were nowhere near this $200 you know, kind of, uh, or below price with gingerbread. Uh, but that was the first one that I knew of. So
some of them follow on to that. Now, basically what I did was I managed to find uh, the Kindle app and uh, some other reader apps, and the resistive screen is so horribly awful on that one that I did manage to find enough apps on it to make it into a little e-reader and make it a viable e-reader, which the resistive screen will handle flipping pages fairly well. And I cut my losses on that one, you know, and, you know, off it goes. Because I kept it too long to return it to the store. So now, I also at Kmart then, later on, found an Arcos. Now, I have this love-hate relationship with Arcos. I've owned Arcos devices in my, I want to stay away from the iTunes universe and the Apple way of doing things, and I want to run some other type of device. And I went with Arcos because they had some nice designs and, uh, you know, had the ability to, to do video and even, uh, you know, surf the web a little bit. You know, it had a touch interface and all this kind of stuff. Once again, I think it was resistive, but, you know, there wasn't too much dragging involved. I could do a little bit of Wi-Fi, uh, surfing the net with it. And, you know, I tried it. I tried hard to like it, you know. But... The one thing with Arcos that I didn't like was the design was good. You know, I mean, it wasn't gorgeous, beautiful, you know, artistic the way the, you know, apple things are and all those kinds of things. But it was a nice, solid device. It was not cheap, plasticky. It didn't easily break, all those kinds of things. Well, what I didn't like about it is it didn't have the ability to play certain video formats and that was an extra cost option that you had to purchase to do certain video formats, like AVI, you know. So some of the more common kinds of video formats out there wouldn't play those kinds of videos unless you bought the extra thing. So that was a little 4-inch device. It didn't have the Internet kind of things with it, but it had the ability to play stuff, right? So then later on, and the other thing I liked about them is they had a good-sized drive. Uh, there, they had little hard drives in them, so I had a you know a good size drive to have some videos and and music and all that kind of stuff stored on the device, and you know view those at my leisure when I was on the plane, that kind of thing. Fast forward a little bit, and that device is you know off uh, doing other things for other people, and uh, up comes the six inch device that has the internet capabilities, right? Well, come to find out from Arcos that when I purchased and paid extra for the video format capability on the 4-inch device, that was tied to the device. And in order to have that same capability on the 6-inch device, I would have to repurchase it again. And that pretty much ended my, you know, intercourse, if you will, with Arcos. That was, you know pretty much the end of my usage of that device because I wasn't going to pay him another, you know, pound of flesh to get to the other video kind of formats and things like this. But Arcos had come out with some interesting, you know, kinds of things as far as the, uh, you know, pads are concerned. And so they had a 7-inch pad. And I found it once again at Kmart. You know, Kmart, surprisingly enough. Uh, having this technology there. Now, the Arcos did not have the regular 
uh, marketplace. It had this really kind of not that good Argos marketplace uh, that they were uh, claiming, you know, well, we've got our own marketplace, but, you know, the Arcos marketplace never was even coming close to keeping up with what was on the Google marketplace. Uh, and uh, so they had their own thing. Once again, I don't know what licensing agreements or other kind of things are involved here. Is it, once again, because it's running Froyo, and Froyo isn't a tablet operating system, so Google won't let them put it on. Somewhere or other, there's somebody exercising some control that doesn't, you know, seem like the typical kind of thing that I have in an open source, I can install stuff and do what I want with it kind of world here, which Android is supposed to be, right? So, I did know, however, because I'd looked into these Arcos devices before, they have a whole line of things. They're all the way from as small as 2.8 inches, which I read the spec sheets on that, and I can't tell whether that's resistive or capacitive, but it's a teeny tiny little screen, so it's not really good for doing anything good as far as Internet browsing or anything like that, but it's a little player that can play all kinds of formats, and they give it up on this whole, uh, you have to pay extra for video formats. I mean, this would play everything, you know, AUG uh, and FLAC and, uh, you know, all kinds of formats, uh, everything, ABIs, you know, the whole gamut of things. And uh, so it was an audio player, and then they got like a little three-inch one uh, or three-and-a-half or something like that. They got a 4.3-inch one. They have a, and then a, I think a five, a seven, and a ten. whole line of Internet tablets. They had a five and a seven for a while that were resistive, and I avoided those. Uh, but all these, except for the teeny tiny little one, the 2.8, were capacitive, Right. And so I was kind of following these kinds of things here, and they had a way to – you could hack it uh, without having to do a major, like, rooting kind of a hack or, or that kind of thing. But you could hack it to get the real Google Marketplace on this. And most of those, you know, you could do a little simple kind of a hack and get the Google Marketplace onto them so that you could actually get to some apps because, of course, they're all on the Google Marketplace. You can't just download them. And so I went ahead and bit the bullet on this one and, you know, fell for another sub-200, you know, uh, kind of a, of a device that didn't really have the Marketplace. But I, you know, I did some searching around and figured out that I could get it on there. And so I purchased it and brought it home now. This one's a little bit different because it uses a different chipset, and apparently maybe the chipset in it wasn't the same chipset that everybody had been working on for true roots and uh, all that kind of thing. But at least there was a way that would, uh, you know, allow you to do this. This is their second iteration of a 7-inch tablet, capacitive screen, right price, and I tried it out. Somewhere along the line here, Android has come out with it, uh, I'm sorry, Amazon has come out with its Android Marketplace. And I have, you know, been using that uh, on a uh, another little Android device that I have and using it with quite a bit of success. For some reason on the Arcos, the Amazon Marketplace literally won't work properly. 
okay? And so, you know, I thought, well, now the Amazon marketplace with the Android apps is there. I'm done. My, you know, tablet experience is saved because even if I don't have the Google marketplace on it, I can run the Amazon, right? So that's what I tried initially. And for some reason, I don't know what it is, something screws up, and the Amazon marketplace literally will not actually do anything except come up to the first screen and whenever I click on anything else to actually download an app or even go to apps that I've already got and it you know, should automatically be downloading them to the new device, no go. It flips back to the opening screen. For what reason? I have no idea. So that's out. Google has since come up with a web version of the marketplace. So there's some kinds of things there that I can get to. Plus, like I said, there's the hack here. But, you know, should I have to do this much work to get a 7-inch tablet that just works? Admittedly, now you can buy a Samsung Galaxy Tab. You can get it with gingerbread. And it'll have the Google Marketplace on it. And it's 350 bucks which if you shop around and wait uh, you know, long enough, you'll be able to find a 10-inch tablet in that general vicinity, probably 400 bucks or so, you can buy a 10-inch tablet. So unless you really want the 7-inch, you know. By the time I am uh, recording this little thing here, I noticed today I've been anxiously following along with it because the Iconia from Acer has had a 10-inch version, and I kind of like the interface on that, and it's running Honeycomb, which really you have to be at Honeycomb now to get the latest apps. There are certain things on the marketplace that you can't order from a Samsung Galaxy tab with gingerbread because it's not compatible with that. So I'm assuming it's Honeycomb that it wants, right? And so there was going to be a 7-inch coming out, and just today when I refreshed Amazon, I noticed that it was available. And it's in that general neighborhood also, 329 something like that. I was really anxious for the HP touchpad to come out in the 7-inch version. And, of course, just about the week that I was anticipating that people were correct and it really was going to come out, HP did indeed make an announcement about the touchpad, and it was, we're going to stop making touchpads, and we're going to sell them all off at 99 bucks a piece. I think, according to what everybody is saying, now they're saying, well, that's it. You've got to get this price point of 99 bucks." Now, I don't think they can make them and keep on making a profit for 99 bucks. It's just too much stuff in there to do that. In fact, I don't think anybody's price gouging too much on these or making too much of a profit. I doubt seriously you can make it for much less than 300 bucks if you really want the device to not be a total loss leader and to lose money on every single one that you build. Now, maybe some of you will figure out how to put WebOS, because I really like that interface. I thought it had a lot of potential it would be something that there's a Linux kernel way underneath there, and there would be something to be able to use there, but that's not going to happen in any kind of uh, early or very soon. Who knows what's going to happen to WebOS? And I think probably 
the minimum that anybody can make it for is in a price range where you can buy a full-size tablet in that same price range. So there's not much of a difference between a smaller tablet and the larger tablet. Lord knows you can pay way more than that for a tablet also. Rumored is the Amazon tablet. And you know, the Amazon tablet, at least if you're to believe the rumors right now, is going to come out sometime in the Christmas shopping here of 2011. It's going to be seven inches, and Amazon can afford for it to be a loss leader, so it will probably be somewhere in the 200, 250 range. It'll have the Amazon App Store, and I'm thinking it's going to work because it's an Amazon device, Amazon App Store. And it'll have the Kindle Reader on it because that's where Amazon makes their money, right? And they can afford to make it a loss leader because they'll make up the money and all the stuff you're going to buy because it'll be so easy. Just click on it and buy it right there through Amazon. And it'll be this whole little closed Amazon world and you won't have real Android underneath it, but you'll have all these apps. But what does real Android mean? All I hear about from the Android phone people is complaints that whoever it is, whether it's the carrier they're on or the manufacturer of the phone, never updates the phone fast enough for them, and sometimes they never update the phone. So you buy a phone, and it comes to Froyo, and you never get gingerbread. Or you get gingerbread, but it's after you know months and months and months. I know they're developing the interface, and you'll notice I never even mentioned what my opinion is of where the interface for Android is compared with the iOS interface. I'm not talking about usability here in terms of who has the better ideas for how the interface should work and how well have they implemented them. This is just getting apps to the device so that I can use the device besides just running web apps. So what I really want, I may very well get myself an Amazon tablet as a Christmas present to myself. But what I really want is my Linux tablet. I want a tablet that I can install whatever distro that I want of Linux or just install a standard kind of a distro that I can actually have control over. I learned at the Ohio Linux Fest that apparently you can do that with some tablets right now, but somebody needs to do some work on the software keyboards, okay? Because the software keyboards all suck. If you do indeed have a tablet PC that has an Intel-style processor so that you can install a standard kind of Linux onto that device, but your keyboard is going to suck. So it kind of is destroying the whole idea of the tablet when you have to set the tablet onto a desk and carry around a Bluetooth keyboard or a, a portable keyboard and plug it in in order to type anything into it, okay? I might as well carry a netbook. <laughs> well, what I want is my Linux tablet that is the fully conceived tablet with a capacitive screen, a decent touch keyboard so I can hold it in one hand and type with one finger of the other hand, and I can have a real Linux on it, and I can install real stuff on it, and I can run scripting languages on it, and it's really Linux. Not a Linux kernel with a bunch of proprietary Java applications that Google every so often decides 
they're done enough with the code to release it to the world to let them port it. And then, of course, I'm you know dependent on somebody else to do the port because I don't have the programming skills to exercise my software freedom with that. I know the big joke in the you know in the Androidarati you know world when uh, somebody was claiming that Android wasn't open and the guy on the Android team basically published the single line that you could use to download from Git, I think it was, the Git repository, the Android code that was currently released. Okay? I know it's open. And I know I can exercise my software freedom by hiring somebody to do it. But I feel like a leech. Okay? Uh, I feel like I'm not contributing anything to that because I can't participate in that software freedom of taking that code and getting it to work on my device because there's always something specific to that device from that manufacturer. I just want somebody to give me a plain vanilla kind of a tablet. I'll install Linux on it, and I'll deal with it because I know how to do that. And that's what I want. That's probably the world we're getting to because if you look at Unity and if you look at GNOME 3, everybody's complaints about them, that it's dumbed down, that it's, you know, a lot of people's complaints about it is it's different. And people hate change. Fundamentally, they hate change, and they don't like this because it's not like it was before, and it's not like I have spent years developing the muscle memory <laughs> to deal with, you know, how I want to get to my stuff, okay? But if you look at those and you keep an open mind, what they're perfect for is if you had a tablet and your finger just goes up there to the top left and you click on something and it shows you a group of things, and you flick over to the left, and there's the thing you want, and you tap on it, and it opens it up. Got a launcher with some nice big things, so your big fat fingers can hit them. It's really designed for a tablet. You can still get to everything. You can still design your own filters that give things there to you faster than you could off of a menu system. And, of course, you can always install XFCE or, you know, any of the other lightweight kind of, uh, you know, desktops if you don't like that. And I know a lot of distros are going to go that direction because that's what people want. That's what they – and that's the beautiful thing about the open source Linux world, right, is you can customize. You can have whatever it is you want. And what I want is a Linux tablet. I don't want Android because Android tablets – suck unless you spend the big bucks for the one that comes out and then you have to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until that one is and then you've got it and then you're never going to get the one for the new version of Android that's going to come out in six months. And the manufacturers never update the one to that new version <laughs> that you have. So you're stuck there at gingerbread forever or you're stuck there at Honeycomb forever, or you're stuck there at, what's the new one, Ice Cream Sandwich forever, especially if you don't pay the exorbitant fund, funds that the carriers want for a 3G or 4G radio in there and paying them their monthly fee for connectivity that way. Lord forbid that you buy the Wi-Fi only version and don't get it subsidized because you're paying through the nose for your data because that one 
lags even farther behind in terms of getting any updates. And this, children, is why I say Android tablets suck. The phones may be a little bit better because at least every couple of years your contract is up and there's been 17 new models just from that manufacturer that have happened in the last two years, and you can be watching and know, here's the new one that's going to come out, and when my contract's up, I can get a new, faster phone. <laughs> but you're always dependent on somebody else. You're always dependent on the manufacturer. You're always dependent on the uh, carrier. If you've got a carrier-based device, you're always dependent upon somebody who understands how to use that Git repository, download all that code when Google deigns to release it, and then figure out how to hack it to work on various devices. And I want a little more flexibility on using the latest version. Heck, if I had my Linux tablet, I could put something on there that was a rolling release, and then I would never have to worry about every six months there's a new one. Because when I hook in, it'll just download the latest stuff and change over time, and I customize it over time, and that's what I want to do. And I should quit fetching and complaining here because in six months or a year, maybe that'll exist. But it doesn't exist right now, and every real Linux tablet that they talked about at any of the electronic shows, because believe you me, I follow this, all those Linux tablets that they talked about over the last year have said sometime mid-2011, none of them are out. <laughs> and you hear about them once, and you never hear about them again. So I don't know whether it's just impossible to do, there's no money in it, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but that's the tablet that I want because Android sucks, and I'd love to be able to carry around Linux with me, hopefully in a 7-inch form factor. So this is Mr. Gadgets talking tablets and wishing and hoping that he could get the tablet he would like underneath the Christmas tree this coming December. But I doubt it. Okay? Everybody be careful out there, and uh, don't say I didn't warn you if you go out and buy an Android tablet. Just saying. Bye now. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, Today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.